In the hospital, physician assistants do much of the same work as hospitalists. They handle most admission history and physicals, collaborate on consults, provide nighttime coverage for off-site physicians, and keep the service running smoothly. Many institutions that employ a hospitalist model are beginning to turn more and more to physician assistants to help solve their workforce issues, and the results have been better patient outcomes. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Ed Lopez, founder and president of La Palma Medical and Surgical Associates in Tacoma, Washington, a systems management and staffing corporation, who in 1995 was co-founder of the first formal MD-PA hospitalist program in the country. Today we are discussing the role of a physician assistant in hospitalist medicine. Hi, Ed. Welcome to ReachMD. Hi, Lisa. Ed, when and where did the first known formal physician assistant hospitalist group start? Well, the best we can tell was when our little six-person group of four physicians and two PAs came together in late 95 and early 96 to cover the Franciscan hospitals as an experiment for a local insurance company in Washington State for a one-year contract. That experiment of clinicians caring for patients full-time in the hospitals obviously succeeded. But unfortunately, the insurance company, as a business model, did not, and it was sold off in pieces. And what prompted the physician group to include physician assistants in that hospitalist movement? In our region, PAs were there from, obviously, day one. However, the question in a very short time was, should PAs be in the mix long-term as part of the long-range planning and growth? Over time, the answer became very evident that when there were well-managed PAs who were able and available to do at least 75% of the work of an internist physician in the hospital on a very safe and very effectively for roughly 40% of the money, that became very evident that that was a business model that would work and be able to provide the manpower and do it in a very safe and effective manner. Well, the PA in hospitalist medicine is fairly new. Can you tell us a little about the role of the PA and what is their typical day like? The typical day of a PA hospital is much the same as a physician. Typically speaking, they start at about 7.30 in the morning, meeting with the other physicians and PAs and ARMPs at the hospital that they're working in for that day. And as a group, reviewing any of the incidences that may have occurred overnight on the patient census, and then reviewing and then distributing any of the new emergency room or direct admissions for the day. PAs then take off with their panel of patients, a list, through the hospital, and independently perform the new hospital admissions, evaluate patients for safe discharge to either home or other facilities, and, of course, round daily on patients who are hospitalized on the medical or the surgical service. And what is the typical schedule of a hospitalist PA? We currently have a variety of schedules required to meet the needs of the medicine service to adequately provide, of course, 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week coverage. However, the most common schedule is a work schedule of a week on and a week off, whether it's traditional days, swing shift, or nights. It seems to work for most people as our attrition rate is extremely low and the employee satisfaction rate is very, very high. What personality type of a PA is a good fit for a hospitalist role? I think, and we've seen this, that a typical personality of a physician assistant working in the hospital is one who 
doesn't mind working hard, number one. By that, I mean there is no typical day. We know that the PA is very, very committed to making sure that volume isn't the foremost item on their brain, that quality of care and delivering quality of care is the utmost and most important sense of delivery for that PA. So the person who is very meticulous, the person who is very conscientious, a person who is very sociable within the mix of hospital staff, dealing with patients, patients' families, those are the kinds of people who we think, and we've actually proven, do the best uh, in the hospital setting. Do the PAs perform any procedures? For the most part, in the five hospitals that we cover, PAs do not do any interventional or invasive procedures since we have so many interventionalists available. It's primarily medical management at work. Well, considering that hospitalized patients are the sickest of all patients seen, do you believe that the current physician assistant education adequately prepares the PAs to work in this role? I fully agree with those concerns and those who are concerned about PAs seeing the sickest people in hospitals. And I tell PA students and new employees alike often that the hospital is the last stop for that medical tragedy to land in. And and if they have any doubt that they're either unable or unwilling to sacrifice the time, the energy, or the commitment to provide exceptional service in becoming and performing the duties of of a hospital clinician, then they should turn around and leave the hospital that very moment. I am and I will remain to be a strong national advocate in helping to refine the clinical education of PAs as the need for their services, I believe, continue to increase in the hospital setting. And can you talk a little bit about the physician PA team and explain to the listeners how the PAs are working with the physicians, they're not replacing them to make decisions? Yes. The physician, of course, is always the director of the care of each patient in the hospital. And I think that needs to be made very clear that PAs are not working independently and decision-making independently. However, that said, PAs with their clinical experience and background are able to do the duties essentially of another physician provided that the relationship between the supervising physician and the PA is one that is well-known and the expectations are well understood. So when PAs and MDs work together in the hospital, it's truly a collaborative relationship that is able to provide exceptional service and care to the medical patient with its medical complexities, which means that oftentimes the physician and the PA will speak on many occasions throughout the day. If it's a patient that requires very little intervention or is fairly routine, then that conversation is less. So I think the key to all this is that the physician and the PA are collaborative, working together, and understand each other very clearly. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Ed Lopez, founder and president of La Palma Medicine and Surgical Associates in Tacoma, Washington, and co-founder of the first formal MD-PA hospitalist program in the country. Today, we are discussing the role of a physician assistant in hospitalist medicine. 
Ed, how can the PA community increase the training and skills of PAs interested in hospitalist medicine? First and foremost, the PA education community, I think, needs to look carefully at perhaps re-engineering its core curriculum to include more hospital-based clinical topics as well as mandatory hospital rotations. I think while a few postgraduate programs have indeed started and or are exploring startup ventures, I do think that a great way to educate and train PAs today would be to have more intensive week-long clinical seminars or even webinars around the country to prepare PAs for hospitalist service. And you mentioned residencies. Are there postgraduate programs available? There are. Very few. But one of the better ones that I've heard more about is Alderson Broadus in Philippi, West Virginia, who apparently have taken the hospitalist concept to heart and have a formal process in place to provide PAs who are graduates already and put them through a formalized uh, postgraduate education and are producing high-level, well-skilled individuals. What do you think the satisfaction rate of physician assistants working in the hospital as full-time clinicians is? Well, I can only speak for our program since there's no national data that we're aware of. However, I can tell you that based on our attrition rate, based on our satisfaction surveys, and in fact, just last evening, uh, having a corporate meeting with our hospitalist group, that our PAs and nurse practitioners are very pleased with the work they're doing, the schedule they have, and the place that they're currently located and have no intentions of leaving. So if there's a PA listening who wants to be a hospitalist, what is it important for them to know now? Well, I think if they're a graduate PA, they need to take to heart whether their intentions of finding a job is one that is for a career or if they are just looking for a place to get an income stream. And the career of a hospitalist clinician is indeed that. It is indeed a career, and it's not a job. And I think that has to be settled in every PA, new PA's mind before they embark on that career. Those PAs whom we have hired directly from school that I had some question about, to be real frank with you, they turned out to be exceptional people, uh, many of who we have today of our uh, PAs because of the pool of trained people is so small. We had to acquiesce sort of and hire new people right out of school. And these young men and young women have been exceptional clinicians. And many of them, this has been their only job since PA school 10, 12 years out. That's impressive. Now, if I'm a PA and I'm considering this as a specialty, would I be employed by a hospital, a hospital group, or a subspecialty group? How does that work? Actually, the answer to that is yes, yes, and yes. I believe, uh, and again, I don't know of any hard data, but the empiric information I'm getting, and we are similar, that hospital systems are hiring as employees more PAs than private groups. While there are some private groups out there that are hospitalists, those groups are becoming less and more hospital-employed PAs and physicians are getting in larger numbers. So, Traditionally, it appears 
that if you're a PA looking for a job as a, a hospitalist clinician, that the chances of employeehood within a hospital system are greater than working in a private environment. Well, many PAs take on non-clinical leadership roles. Is there a place for that in this specialty? At this time, since it is such a new endeavor, there are very few non-clinical or management roles for PAs in this realm. That said, however, as PAs become better educated in business and become part of the solution to staffing problems, I foresee more PAs in leadership roles in the future. One of the reasons perhaps I have been doing more in leadership is, uh, you know, I'm the last man standing because I was the first guy here. So that has rolled me into some roles that perhaps no one would have guessed. Well, if I'm hired by a hospital, are those PAs medical staff members? Ah, great question. They are. PAs who either are employed or working for a private entity must go through the same regimentation and rigor of hospital credentialing and bylaws application. So while they're hired, they still have to meet all the criteria for bylaws. What is your prediction of whether the PA hospitalist track has a future? To put it simply, I think I am bullish on where PAs are going. Having seen from its very beginnings uh, where the hospitalist movement is today, I can tell you that Where I believe it's headed is from an economic as well as manpower or person power standpoint, that PAs are the practical approach to being able to provide good hospital bedside care as care providers, particularly in light of our Medicare problems and our financial economic uh, problems in healthcare. If a PA is interested in hospitalist medicine, where should they start? Well, the AAPA has developed an information center on their website. They're providing more hospital clinician information for PAs. They've got a professional committee established to explore this. So the APA is an exceptional and excellent resource for getting information for PAs, wanting more information. And of course, if PAs wish to email me, they're welcome to do that at lapallalapalma at aol.com. Thank you, Ed, for coming on the show. My pleasure, Lisa. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thanks for listening.